0: He is one of the very few men in history that most people can recognize by one name, and no name can ever be as important. Everyone knows of Jesus Christ, but how much do we know Jesus Christ? Join us as we dive deeper into his life, his teachings, and most importantly, his love, and together we can grow closer and build a personal relationship with him. This is Light of the World in Focus. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Light of the World in Focus. Thank you so much for joining us Um, and we shall get started. I just want to do a quick recap of what we did last week just because we're going to pick up where we left off last time and we're going to start back up. Um, But actually before I do that, uh, I want to talk and let you guys know this might be a little bit different of an episode. Um. For the second half, the first half I'm just gonna it's gonna be normal, but the second half it might be a little different. It might be a little longer, depending. Um, I might I might do something that's um, I haven't done before. I just felt the need to talk about it, but I'll, I'll tell you more about that the second half. Um, just wanted to give you all a heads up. So anyway, um, last week we had just talked about. Um, if I remember right, Christ crossing the sea, stilling the storm with his voice, and he had landed. Um, there was the guy with the many, many demons in him that he, he healed. All the evil unclean spirits left, um, and everyone was scared of him. So they said, um, get out of here. And so, um, I think that's where we're going to uh, um, pick up. So, um, they get back on their boat because the the occupants of that area were scared of Christ now because uh, he just performed such a great feat, and they were um, James E. Talmage says uh, that they were conscious of their sinful unworthiness and begged them to leave the country. And I think that sounds about right. Um, no one likes to be in the like when you've done something wrong. The last person you want to be in the presence of is like your parents, right? Like when you were a little kid. Um and so they do. They get in their boat and they go they leave that land, um and they come into the vicinity of Capernaum, Um and he lands and he uh right as he it says uh, right as he, he gets there, um he's approached by Jarius, um, who's a man he's one of the rulers of the local synagogue. Um and he's very frantic, has a very important uh, message he needs to share with Christ. Um it says, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed and shall she shall live. And before I talk about that, I wanted to kind of point out the uh, um, significance of, of Jairus coming up to him. Um, Jairus. He might be Jairus. Was I saying Jairus? I think it's Jairus I when I look at it. You all know how I am with pronouncing things. And um, just go back and listen to any other episode, and I guarantee I mispronounce a lot of words in them. So Jairus, that's what I've decreed him to be from this point on. Um, why it's important and kind of what it sim- uh, signifies of him coming as Jesus. And so um, up to this point... Um, and still, afterwards, um, many of the people in the higher political realm of the towns and cities of that day and time um, didn't really want to um, show that. Even if they did, they didn't want to show that they did in fact believe or um, follow Christ's teachings, because um, you know he wasn't he wasn't popular among the powerful people, and so all these people in higher classes, they wanted to remain on the good side of the people with power. Um, and so allying with someone that they all like, didn't like would not be the best idea. Um, and so even if they were a disciple of Christ, they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't show it or say it or do anything about it um, because they would lose prestige, popularity, whatever you want to call it. And so this shows me one or two things. And, um, James e. Talmadge points it out really well. I don't want you to think I'm stealing his his uh, his insights. The first being that uh, Christ, Christ, sorry, and his um, ministry and what he has done thus far is really, really starting to get up through the ranks, right? If you remember back when this whole movement started, it started with John the Baptist, right, out in the desert. Um, with just passer and it was causing a little bit of a scene, but nothing too much. It was more more caused curiosity rather than anything else. But now, with all that Christ has done and is continuing to do, he is starting to get his reach up into the more um, higher people in the land, for lack of a better word, um, to the more prestigious, to the more um, whatever you want to call them that his influence is being felt, not just out of curiosity, but out of desire to learn more and eventually even growing and budding faith for these people. Excuse me, I'm sorry. So um, it shows the impact he's having on the region. And so the second thing it it shows me is the faith that Jairus did have. Um, The faith of him knowing that by acknowledging his, his belief and faith in Christ, that Christ can can uh, uh, heal his daughter who's on the point of death, right? And it, it might be true that uh, maybe the only reason he's doing this is because it's such severe stakes, right, his daughter's life on the line, that he wouldn't maybe do it otherwise. But I think that's besides the point. Um I think that one of the points and morals of this story um, thus far is showing that um, at the end of the day, what's more important, your fame and prestige, or um, saving the, your life for the lives of your loved ones? And thinking big picture, what's more important, physical life or spiritual life? Um, I don't remember if we've talked about it, you know, kind of difference between spiritual life and physical life, but um, I'm sure we'll, we'll get around to it at some point. Um, and if not, go and study on it <laughs> see what you can find yourselves. And if anything cool stands out, please feel free to let me know. Um, so anyway, um, so two things it shows me is uh, Christ's influence in the higher classes as well as um, this Jairus' faith. Um, and so uh, the grief of the impending death of his daughter, um, this is what brought him, brought him here to, uh, to Christ. And so, um, he, he has the faith and, uh, goes and approaches Christ. So anyway, Christ accepts and he, uh, um, follows this man back to his house. And on, on the way there, uh, they come across this, um, afflicted woman who was healed, um, and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, and one thing that's really important to note is that Jerris didn't show um, any impatience, right? I knew for for me, if my if my daughter was um, dying or um, on the her deathbed, right, uh, then um, I'd be kind of like, oh, let's go. You know, time is of the essence. Time is of the es- essence, right? But I think that this really shows um, the faith that Jairus had, just knowing that uh, it doesn't matter when we get there. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna complain because I know that um, Christ on His own time and He does what He needs to do, and I know that He won't leave me forsaken. Because um, again, we don't have really any evidence to to say that he wasn't a believer before his daughter's not sick. And if I had to guess, I'd say he was. And when she got sick, he knew what he had to do. And that's why he was kind of waiting. It seemed he was waiting for, for Christ. Because um, it says he immediately approached him after Christ landed his boat. Um, and so, uh, um, anyway, after that, they continue on. Well, sadly, on the way... Um, Back to the house, um, a messenger comes to Jairus with the news that the girl had passed away since the time he had left. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that must have been really, really hard to hear. But we don't have any evidence to show that it kind of broken Jairus' faith. Because um, we can assume that at this moment, which is based off of the clues, and again, this is coming from Jamesy Talmadge, not, not from me, I just thought it was point, cool to point out. We can assume that it didn't destroy his faith, and that he probably looked to the Savior for for more help, um, out of faith, knowing that that with Christ all things are possible. Um, and those um, had brought the message, uh, asked him, "Why troublest thou the Master any further?" So basically said, "Hey, your daughter's dead. There's no point in, in troubling him anymore." And um, this gives a cool insight that just barely came to me. Is we can also assume from this that uh, Jairus had been a believer before, um, and that probably his household, because um, the messenger was probably someone in his in his household, um, were believers. Just the way he he talked to him. Why trouble the master any further? Right, using that title of master, understanding maybe the significance of Christ and also the significance and importance of Christ's time. Right, like if they didn't if they didn't really believe in Christ, why would they care about his time? that, that much. And so, um, luckily Christ can could sense kind of the pain this father was going through. And he says, be not afraid, only believe. Um, and, uh, they continue on and they get to the house and, um, Christ doesn't let anyone enter the house, um, except for obviously Christ, um, the father, the mother, and Peter, James, and John. Um, and so I'm just kind of set the scene of this, of this house. Um, it wasn't kind of like the, the quiet morning house that you, you would assume with the passing of a, of a child. Um, I think she's 12 years old is what the scriptures say. And, um, just tradition of the time. There was, like, <laughs> it might sound a little bit ridiculous, but again, you know, this is this is a culture that we haven't grown up in, so we don't understand it. Um, there were certain customary, um, traditions at the time. One of which, like, professional mour- mourners, um, like singers and and minstrels and stuff, people that were there to, like, I don't know, set the mood. Um, were already there doing their job, and um, Christ told him um hey why are you doing this the damsel's not dead she just is asleep and i'm sure someone's like uh no we're dead she's dead that's that's why we're here um and it actually says that his words had uh made those professional mourners kind of like not like make fun but kind of like ridicule and just kind of poke fun at him um so like this is our this is our professional service, right? This is what we do. We know that she's dead because we're we're here, right? The funeral's on underway. Like they don't just don't do that when someone falls asleep. Um. And so, but anyway, Christ orders them out, um, and I'm sure that the the father with his faith told told him to leave as well. Um, and so, accompanied by just the three apostles and the parents of the girl. Um, they they enter into the the room where she where she lay, um, and Christ walks up to the to the girl and the uh, um, says, "Damsel, I say unto thee, arise." And just like that, the girl arose from her bed and walked. And right after, this is something really cool that I want to talk about. Christ directs the food be given to her. Um, because I assume that he knows this like coming back to life yeah it takes a toll on the body she probably needs something to eat it could be a little bit taxing and so um it you know another miraculous raising from the dead again who today can can raise can raise anyone from the dead even with how far science has come in 2000 years um, how how can this uh how could this be called anything but a miracle? Um, and I love how I I love the fact that Christ directed food be given to her, um, because it just shows that He's mindful of the little things. Like if I raise someone from the dead, they're like, "Oh, thank you, but I'm really hungry." I'd be like, "I just raised you from the dead. Can you show a little gratitude? Like I don't know, go grab something to eat, then, right?" But no, He was He was very He was very um, observant and aware of the needs of this girl, and uh, directed that to be, uh, to be done, because he really cared about her. And to me, it just shows how Christ doesn't overlook the small things, right, in our lives. Um, that even after he helps us, he's still there to help us with the big things, like being raised from the dead in a figurative way, um, to the little things, right? He cares. He's there to help us. All right, so if you have been following around following around, sorry, following us in the book, Jesus the Christ, we went through this podcast. Um, then you'll notice that right after the story of the raising of the daughter of Jairus, JD um, Talmadge thinks it's important. I agree to point out something to make a certain point known unto us. Um, and real quick, if you don't have a copy or access to Jesus, the book, Jesus the Christ, what we're following with this podcast, um, just know that there's a free copy online at churchofjesuschrist.org. You can go in there, search for Jesus the Christ. Um, it should pop up. It's free. If not, I don't think they're too expensive, depending on what, um, like, if you get a really nice bound, like, gold-plated <laughs> uh, book. It might be expensive. But I don't think they're too pricey if you want to find some online. Uh, mine is just a really inexpensive, cheap paperback. Um one that I don't think would be too expensive if you like the physical copy like I do myself. And so um, I'd really highly recommend that you read along um, with this podcast just because I don't want you to take everything that I say by my word. I want you to see um, it laid out in the book before you. He gives his references. He makes notes and all this other stuff. It's, it's really awesome. So there's a lot more in this book than what we hit on as well. And so I think it'd be great for everyone to be able to have that. Um, since I'm trying to condense, you know, these 30 minute podcasts, I can't cover everything. So anyway, back, back to, um, the subject at hand. So if you're a student of the scriptures, um, you, you'll understand something about, um, or you'll recognize scriptures that talk about coming back to life, resurrection and whatnot. And you'll see some contradictions, um, or what appear to be contradictions in the scriptures, because you know up at this point in Christ's ministry, he has brought a couple people back from the dead. Most recently, the daughter of Jairus. There was the young man who he raised on the way to the young man's funeral, um, and he will um, in the future raise more people from the dead um, before he himself is killed and then raised from the dead. And the reason I I said there's might be some contradictions that people. Uh, find is that in the scriptures it says that Christ is the first fruit of those who slept, or basically the first one to, to live after he dies. And because of that, we all can be able to. And you might think timeline-wise, well, Christ hasn't died yet and resur- been resurrected when he raises the daughter of Jairus. Um, or um, Lazarus, or anyone that he, that he rose from the dead. And Lazarus we'll get to in uh, quite a while, actually. Um, in the in the podcast um, but you kind of see that timeline discrepancy. I thought he was supposed to be the first yeah obviously timeline wise he wasn't whoa what's going on So we have to understand the difference between being restored to life and being resurrected And that difference is is the state of the person afterwards um, or what they're being brought back to So, um, uh, to illustrate this point, we know that Christ right now, right, he's been resurrected and he has that, he has his body and he's, you know, a perfected, um, immortalized human being where if the daughter of Jairus and that man that passed away before in Nain, Nain or however you pronounce that, um, he was the one that was on the way to his funeral, um, if they were resurrected to the same status of Christ, then they'd still be here. They'd still be in the flesh. They'd still, you know, be living. Um, we just know that's not the case. The, the point I'm trying to make here is that the restoration of life is basically um, a re, a restart, right? Where the Spirit is put back on the body for continuation of its mortal life. Um it's like a get-out-of-jail-free card. Um, you didn't win Monopoly. You just got out of jail, <laughs> right? Well, what would have ended at first has been, has been put off, right? But it's nothing more than just a mere continuation um, for a brief period of time because we know that they must pass away as, as everyone does. Um, but Christ was different. When he was brought back from the grave, it wasn't for him to live to the ripe old age of 60 or 70 and then pass away But it says in the scriptures that death will never enter his body again. He will never, ever die again. Um, And because of that, we'll all be able to be resurrected, right? That we'll all be able to have that same thing as Christ does. We'll be able to have the the body where death will never enter. We'll we'll, um, be that immortalized being um, as well because because of that. And so I hope, um, I'm not sure if anyone had that question, but... Just putting it out there, there is a difference between restoration to life and resurrection. Um, and I'm sure that's something we'll touch on later in the podcast as well. Well, if you'll remember at the beginning of this episode, I... It uh, says something about this one being a different episode than what the ones generally are. And as much as I'd love to get to that, um, I think I'm going to have to push that off until a later episode, a a little bit in the future. Um, Just because I think it'll fit better um, up there, and it'll give me a little bit more time to prepare for it. And so we're just going to go on, um, go on normally. And so... Um, the reason why I had this um, thought is because of this next story and it ties really well into the principle that I wanted I wanted to talk about, um, but I think we'll actually talk about that when we get to uh, the story of Lazarus, the other uh, person that Christ raised from the dead. Um, I think it'll just fit in better there. So I apologize for getting your hopes up, um, but don't worry, it's coming. Um, it's coming down the pipeline. So. Um, Anyway, so the the story that made me think about that, it was, uh, if you remember when we were talking about the daughter of Jairus, um, there was the time where they stopped to uh, to do a healing off the side of the way. And I told you to address it later. Well, we're addressing it right now, so your patience is paid off. So as they were uh, walking to the house of Jairus, um, they, uh, they kind of got um, held up in a big group of people throwing around him, um, It kind of slowed him down a little bit. Um, so in this big group of people, there's this woman who for about 12 years had been afflicted with a really bad um, sickness. Um, she had tried um, a lot of medical treatments and whatnot, but it's still been getting uh, worse and worse. As as time goes on, well, as she sees Christ coming, she thinks um, to herself, "If I can just touch His clothes, I shall be whole. Um, or if I can just touch the clothes that Christ is making, then I won't have this problem anymore. Not Christ is making; Christ is wearing. Sorry. And so she she approaches Christ from behind, and and touches his his garment. Um, and the the effect was instantaneous. Um, she felt the healing go through her body, and she knew that she had a. Uh, um, she knew that she had been healed. So with her objective secured, um, she tried to um, escape notice and and drop and run run back um, just to avoid attention. And uh, I I can't blame her. Um, I know me personally, I would I wouldn't like to. Uh, I don't know, there might be a lot of reasons why why she uh, uh, fled back. I would think that she doesn't, one, either feel worthy to have the attention of, of Christ, or two, just didn't want to, like, waste his time. Uh, waste his time with her. Because um, she knew how important his mission was. So she's like, I got what I needed. Um, my faith was rewarded. I'm just going to drop back. Well... I'm not going to say sadly, uh, but um, that plan didn't work. Um, The the Lord uh, knew what happened. And he turns and asks, um, who touched my clothes? Um, Or Luke says, who touched me? Um, And Peter said, I think pretty rationally, it's like, uh, sir, we're uh, in a giant group of people. I'm sure there's a lot of people that have brushed by you. I don't know what you want me to say. Um, But Jesus is like, no, you don't understand. Someone hath touched me if I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. Um, Or basically what I think he's saying is something along the lines of, um, not necessarily physically, um, but I think they might have had a little bit more spiritual connection. That he could feel her faith, um, and the faith that, that worked the miracle, um, and I, I don't think when he says that the virtue has gone out of him, he means like she stole virtue from me. You're like took something from him, but but he could feel um, just that, that spiritual connection that that the the power he has w- was used right. He felt that connection um, well, and and knowing. Um, the woman kind of was like, okay, well now I can't, I can't hide this um, anymore. And so she, uh, um, she came forward a little hesitantly at first. Um, and then she, she said what she had done. Um, and I'm sure um, she might have been nervous because uh, uh, she's like, oh, I might have done something wrong. He might be here to lecture me or say, why did you do this? You know, because it was kind of an untraditional way. Most people ask Christ for help. She just kind of went up there and and, and did it. But instead, um, Christ turns to her and says, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Um, and there's just so much, there's just so much to, to unpack in that, um, so much to unpack in that little, uh, in that little story. And so uh, most of that is what I want to unpack uh, at, a, at a later date. Um, and so I just want to talk a little bit about um, maybe the, the reason behind why why she might have hid and, what, and Christ's response to that. Um, and so before I had mentioned, she might have hid because she was embarrassed, um, that she didn't feel worthy you know, or she didn't feel like she was worth his time. Um, and then, of course, I think his response when she talks to him um, shows that that just wasn't the case, right? That if uh, if he really was busy, too busy to stop and to help her out, then he just thought, well, I'm glad she's healed, but just kept on walking and not saying anything. I mean, let's be honest, he probably knew exactly what happened the moment she touched him. So why, why would he ask, who touched my clothes, right? Um so we can draw a principle from that of we should never feel that we're burdening Christ with asking for help. We should never feel like he is too busy or that we're not good enough to uh to do so. Because this shows he, he was on a very important, very important job to go heal someone from the dead. Um, yet he stopped to have this exchange with her. We should never think that, oh, I just got to take matters in my own hands. Um, I have to do everything myself. Um, and that's not the case. There's still plenty of you to do, for you to do, but you're not alone in it. You should always ask Christ for help and then, Um, and then do what he wants. And there's so much to unpack on this, like I said, and I I promise we'll get into that on on a later date. Well, that'll about do it for us today. Um, So thank you so much for tuning in. Um, And again, I would love, um, I encourage all of you to go and get your own copy of Jesus Christ, whether online for free or get one in person to follow along, because it really is full of a lot of great stuff, and I can't go over all of it and I'd love, I'd love for everyone to uh, be able to to learn and grow for themselves, and then uh, maybe even share an insight with me from what they learned and so, um, and again share this, if you found this to be beneficial then please feel free to share it with your friends and family, share it on Facebook, share it on whatever other um, platforms you, you use, and Hopefully we can help more people come to know their their savior. Um, But uh, thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Light of the World In Focus.